Welcome to Episode 7 of Smells Like Teen Parent, a podcast for adolescents and the adults who annoy them. I'm your host, Jenny Debevic, a counselor and academic consultant with 20 years experience working with youth. In the last episode, we talked about empowered conversations about sex and puberty. And in this episode, we're going to pry open the vault of what is happening during screen time. Is social media connecting teens or spawning addiction? Is Instagram to blame for your adolescent becoming a narcissist? Are you on social media? Uh, Yeah, I downloaded TikTok over the break and it's taken over my life. So very addictive app. Yeah, I've taken a little break recently, but I definitely am heavy on the social media. I use uh, Instagram and Facebook, but I like, never use it. You never use it? Or, yeah, I just have them. Just in case. Yeah, because like, why not? Featuring our guest students and my very own adolescent, whose phone basically turns into a brick at 9 p.m. Also, as part of my social justice mission, for every episode you download, I will donate a dollar to our nonprofit of the month, the Organization for Social Media Safety. The Organization for Social Media Safety is a nonprofit dedicating to protecting against all social media related dangers. You can learn more about them at ofsms.org. Let's get comfortable. I encourage you to have a snack. And I think snacks taste great with Annie's salad dressing. Annie's products helps create a healthier, happier world by spreading goodness through nourishing foods honest words, and conduct that is considerate and forever kind to the planet. While my child loves to make their mac and cheese, shiitake sesame dressing is my favorite. It tastes great on salads, and you can also just get really lazy and dip some crackers into it. Speaking of nourishing, as we launch into this complex discussion around the wonders and woes of technology, it's valuable to remember that no matter what we are discussing with our children, the best gift we can give them is our gift of presence. And that presence begins with us breathing. I mean breathing deliberately, noticing it, because the breath helps us ground ourselves with the moment. We all want to be listened to, and adolescents feel our deep level of listening acutely as they're developing autonomy and consciousness of themselves. They notice when we're hooked in and when they are truly being heard. And when they are, we can see their stress and anxiety levels decrease and their honesty and self-regulation increase. Hey, this is a shame-free zone. On Sunday, I spent nearly four hours on TikTok, uh, an hour on Snapchat, and an hour on Instagram. So wait, so you're telling me that in the absence of social media and access to your online community, you just did more college applications? Yes, precisely. An inspiration to parents everywhere. <laughs> yep. So I'm going to just start this podcast with three deep breaths where I inhale for four, hold for six, and exhale for four. I model this triangle breath with students of all ages, whether I'm consulting individual teens on their college applications or if I'm doing a lesson in elementary school classrooms. It's an easy and incredibly effective way to add evidence-based tools to manage stress and anxiety. Let me be clear, stress, depression, and anxiety are the number one concern with this adolescent age group, and we are seeing more symptoms and awareness about it earlier than ever. Also, you don't need to wait until your kid hits puberty to start breathing techniques. At the same time, breath work is a great place to start because it's not too dorky or embarrassing for adolescents to do. It can be done on the sly in the classroom and everyone can do it. Moreover, when you demonstrate breathing like the triangle breath, when you start to feel overwhelmed, you not only reduce your own anxiety, but also model for them that they have choices and power over their own mental states. I'm bringing in the example of breath work for this podcast specifically because... 
Quite frankly, I had to do a lot of it myself, whether I was researching the statistics or speaking to teens, including my own adolescent. And I know we're sort of like on the, starting to have some of these discussions about what what social media you want. Um. What you think about it, what do you know about it? I know that like everything, there's the good and bad aspects. So I think that there are some really great aspects of different parts of social media, like meeting friends or learning or be able being able to share what you create, there are a lot of good aspects because you can form communities and stuff and you can share your opinions. Media has given teens the ability to instantly connect with others and share their lives through photos, videos, and status updates. How wonderful, dear. That said, the challenge of this topic is that talking about social media and screen time is a hard place of negotiation between adults and young people. We often find ourselves at opposite ends of the discourse and the potential for conflict is everywhere. Okay, I wasn't supposed to have Snapchat, but I downloaded it anyway in like sixth grade, but then I had to like delete it and it was like this whole thing. <laughs> um, Before or after you got caught with it? Um, after I got caught with it. <laughs> If you're a parent or a caregiver of a child or adolescent, you may want them to unequivocally have less social media, or none at all. How many hours a day do you think you spend? On Instagram, not that much, but on TikTok, I'll go like three. It's bad. I mean, in terms of hours, I probably use TikTok the most on breaks, just because like I just can just spend hours just scrolling. Why is it so hard for us adults to figure out how to navigate social media and other screen content with our kids? We might still be nursing the scars of that naive moment when you tried to turn off Dora or SpongeBob or Daniel Tiger or Elsa or Sophia or Peppa or Pokemon or Preston playing Minecraft or Buddy or T-Rex or Thomas, and the screaming that followed. In that moment, as you watched your adorable child lose their shit, screen time, you realized, is a deal with the devil. You can give them sufficient warning. You can set the timer. You can use a calm, rational voice. You can bargain. You know fully well you made a deal with the devil so you could sneak in a shower. Of course we wonder, are our kids getting addicted? It was a good shower though, wasn't it? Oh right, and remember the deep days of the pandemic when children spent all day on their screens? And now that they're back in the classroom, teachers and staff are weathering the repercussions and they are burning out from behaviors unseen to this degree and across spectrums of students. In fact, evidence shows that it has been even harder to return to the classrooms after a year of teaching virtually. The National Education Association, the nation's largest union representing nearly 3 million educators, have concluded that there is an impending great teacher resignation of 2022, which might result in around one in three teachers, including new teachers in the US, quitting the classroom, with similar proportion in the UK. So, if you're wondering whether you should buy that generous gift card for your kid's teacher or principal, the answer is yes, you should. They need encouragement and support. Anything you can do to connect positively with those in education will be noted and valued. We need them to keep coming into the classrooms. Or in my case, as a school counselor, the supply closet. And yet, let's be real, social media is not going anywhere. So how are teens handling it? To what degree are they aware of and capable of monitoring it themselves? How do we help them reach out to adults and one another when something goes wrong? What are they discussing? 
posting on social media anyway. I think the only time I ever use Instagram is like we're on a vacation and maybe I'll post one picture or something. I think only I have two posts for the three years that I've had it. According to Pew Research, while about half of teens post their accomplishments on social media, few discuss their religious or political beliefs. Teens themselves describe these platforms as a key tool for connecting and maintaining relationships, being creative, and learning more about the world. I'll, I'll look at like my, what my friends are posting, so I feel like that's more me selecting it. But along with these positives, they're having to contend with the underbelly of social media, such as drama, bullying, and the pressure to present a particular kind Kind of image. Do you feel like you know the dangers of social media? Yeah, I mean, social media definitely entails someone watching you, someone understanding what you like, and at the same time, a bunch of people like giving them a false persona of what they are and kind of idealizing their life. So I think that just everything you see on social media has to be taken with a grain of salt because you have no way of knowing what's real and what's not. It's interesting to note, though, that the trend in projecting perfection is starting to shift. Britney Spears isn't the only one to put forth some very human and liberated images of themselves out on social media. I mean, Instagram, I mean, I I used to like model and do all that. So it's kind of like a given that you're supposed to be, you know, posting consistently and doing all that and sharing your life. But I'm transitioning into more like real and rawness with it because I just always felt so much pressure to like, oh, post, make sure it's perfect, you know, have the right caption, you know, this and that and so I'm really just like transferring like shifting the energy into like no edits whatsoever just like be super raw be super honest and vulnerable and you know I'm getting older too so I'm starting to realize I'm kind of sick of that you know BS kind of stigma with all of it. While this might be a hopeful turn of events the evidence still by and large points to social media like Instagram as harmful to teenage girls especially. Not only that but the Wall Street Journal reported on internal studies from Facebook that showed the company was aware of the harm it was doing. This is why we need to keep doing the deep breathing. These internal studies showed that teenage girls who use social media are more likely to suffer from anxiety, depression, body dysmorphia, eating disorders, and suicidal thoughts. Florida State University psychology professor Pamela Keel studies the link between social media and eating disorders. Among other findings, Keel's work has revealed a consistent and direct relationship between posting photos on Instagram and negative thoughts about weight and shape. Facebook employees showed the same results in an in-house presentation that was later leaked to the public. Facebook's conclusion? It was, and I quote, teens blame Instagram for increases in the rate of anxiety and depression. This reaction was unprompted and consistent across all groups. What do you think it does to young girls? Um, I think it sets this unrealistic beauty standard for themselves and that they feel like they have to meet it in order to be seen as pretty in other people's eyes. Like this is the beauty standard and you don't meet it. Bearing this in mind, let's turn to an email I received from a parent, read by Six. How do I know when I should let my daughter get an Instagram account? How do I know she is ready to handle the pressures, risks, emotions, and unpredictable nature of using social media? Can I even trust her to ever use it responsibly? Great question, and one I'm navigating myself. Of course, there's a variety of authorities you can turn to for guidance on this matter. For instance, organizations like Protect Young Eyes advocate for at least 
least age 15 for mature social media platforms like Snapchat and Instagram. I got Snapchat in fifth grade to like communicate with my cousins and then Instagram sometime in middle school and same with TikTok or maybe I'd say like high school. Dr. Christie and Dr. Kim both suggest age 13. However, they strongly urge parents to monitor their kids' use of Instagram and TikTok given the amount of inappropriate content available. Dr. Christie also says that parents need to help their children understand that their identity and sense of self-worth is not determined by their number of likes, comments, and shares. Dr. Beats suggests 16 and over as the apps have a lot of pornography that kids shouldn't be able to look at, but whether or not you set 15 as the limit, you want to make sure you're setting the foundation for whatever your teen encounters. Ask yourself, have you had direct and frequent conversations about awkward things? I'm talking about the big three, sexting, pornography, and sexual predators. Before using social media, your child needs to have heard these words for years and know exactly what they mean and what to do. Questions. Do they know what to do when they see porn? Because they will. Do they know what a sexual predator is or anyone that makes them uncomfortable? Do they recognize the signs? And are they confident to know what to do? Even the most worldly of teens are caught off guard by what appears unsolicited and quite genderized in their feed. Singer and songwriter Billie Eilish, who is 20 years old as of 2022, told Howard Stern in an interview that she began watching what she called abusive pornography when she was 11 years old. She eventually got to the point, she said, where she couldn't watch anything else. One thing that's changed is our young people are not as naive or protected as they used to be. While it's true that their brains are still developing, the other reality is most of them are more advanced and skilled at using technology than their parents. Actually, I think that's always been the case. Who do you think is yeah. um, better at technology, you or your parents? Definitely me, <laughs> but not at everything. Some things I like look at it and I'm like, I have no idea how to do this. Like, I can't fix it for you. <laughs> so in some ways though, we're a perfect combination. They can be experts in showing showing us how they are navigating and discovering different topics about the world and on different social media forums. And we can be like dumb and initiate questions about well, what happens if you do this and what happens if you go there? Because we have the adult eyes, the ones that are tinged with worry and wrinkles, which is why I love Metagood products. Metagood is handmade, small batch, artisan lip balms and body care products inspired by love and nature. What social media do you use? The most? Yeah. Instagram. Okay, a quick roundtable regarding the minimum age recommended for social media use. Cyber age experts' recommendations are weighing in. Uh, Dr. Pete Brown says 16 and above. Dr. Christie says 16 and above. Kim Maslin says 16 and above. Dr. Christie also adds that the minimum age depends on every child's level of individual maturity. Adolescent brains are wired to be impulsive. The prefrontal cortex, which is the part of the brain responsible for managing their impulses, isn't fully developed until their early 20s for females and late 20s for males. Dr. Pete suggests 16 and above due to the security risks, anonymity, geotagging issues, and very graphic content. Kim also agrees that 16 is the minimum age for Snapchat. Question related to social media. What age do you think is appropriate to use social media? One of the main ones that I got really early was actually like what is now TikTok. It used to be called Musical.ly. And like, so I got that maybe summer from like fifth grade to sixth grade. Everything was like always private. It was like 
never public or anything. Like friends were like people I knew and things like that. On Instagram, you can make it a private or public account. Same with like TikTok, obviously. But if I mean, if it's private, I guess middle school, depending on what the parents say. And okay, what do you think is an appropriate age to get on social media? I know for me, I only got like Instagram and Snapchat and stuff like that when I was a freshman. Whereas everyone else from my middle school had it probably around sixth grade. Technology is constantly evolving, and so are the risks associated with it. You can reduce these risks by talking to your children about how they communicate online and off and encourage them to think critically and act in a way that they can be proud of. Even like now, like I think like a month ago, my mom showed me this video that her work posted that was like, don't click on like, the ads for games because it's not always the actual game. It's like a virus, like things like that. In various discussions with teens, I found that one thing is they value adult guidelines and they want a reasonable framework. We need to remember that whether they begin at 12 or 16, they and we are going to encounter material that is difficult. We have an opportunity to give them tools, practice, and guidance in communicating with us honestly and talking with them without shame or guilt about what to do when they get to these places of discomfort. Well, that's it for episode seven. In the interest of keeping my podcast to around 15 minutes, I'm going to upload some bonus content separately that demonstrates a real-time conversation with my adolescent about social media. I will call it episode 7.5. I thought it might help other parents and adults who are broaching these kinds of dialogues and, you know, how to use counseling techniques like open-ended questions, simple affirmative statements to keep kids talking, and maintaining a neutral, warm tone throughout. Join us next time when we discuss learning differences and neurodiversity among teens. How can we help teens harness their unique ways of thinking? How can adult caregivers be advocates and build a collaborative team while still empowering teens to take the wheel of their own educational needs? Thank you to all our student contributors and to our adult social media experts who weighed in, to My Child 6, and to The Birdhouse, where we make this all happen. And thanks again to you listeners who helped Smells Like Teen Parents surpass 750 downloads. Yay! Keep those downloads and shares coming. You are key in spreading the word about making our relationships with the adolescent community more enlightened. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be free from suffering. Oh, and don't forget to wear sunscreen every day.